0: In today's show, let's recap all of the action from Sunday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the action from Sunday, some other stories as well. So let's crack in and take a look. And the first thing we'll talk about is what is going on in Houston. At the time of me recording this, um, these blokes, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood, have not been suspended by the team. I don't know whether they will. If you don't, know what happened. Christian Wood broke a team rule, missed a COVID testing window. Steven Silas said, all right, cool, you're coming off the bench. He played him eight minutes in the first half. Wood was not particularly happy with that. Um, and John Lucas called out Christian Wood and the effort of some other players in the halftime break. Um, Kevin Porter basically said, kids, cover your ears. Like, fuck this shit. Chuck something at John Lucas and left. Got into his car and pieced all the way out. Christian Wood refused to go back into the game for the second half. Now, both of these blokes have a history of being very problematic. Christian Wood uh, bounced around teams Played in the, for the Sixers, for the Hornets, for the Bucks, for the Pistons in all their G League teams before making it into the NBA because of off-court issues. Kevin Porter kicked out at USC, slid in the draft, traded for nothing from the Cavs because of off-court issues, threw stuff at um, staff members in Cleveland. That's what got him traded because someone moved his locker. These guys are extraordinarily combustible they are also not that good. I don't know what Houston's next move is. Surely, surely they have to um, issue a suspension here. You can't have blokes not re- or refusing to go into game number one and actually just straight up buggering off and leaving at halftime without some sort of issue. And Kevin Porter can say he called and he was apologetic. It doesn't matter. You still have to have some sort of punishment, I, I would imagine. Does this speed up a trade of Christian Wood? Does it make a trade of Christian Wood more likely? I think probably yes. I've been banging on all year about him not being a part of their future, him not being that good, and they should look to trade him. He is not that good. He is not a part of the future, and they should look to trade him. I think it's pretty clear. But whether they do it or not remains to be seen. So therefore, we go back, we dance once again with Alperen Shengun, it's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. The only way it feels like he's going to be 12-team must roster is if Wood is hurt or traded. And this just increases the likelihood of that. As for Porter, I don't know what they do. He could be part of their future. He's 21. He's not that good, but he is 21, and he should not be prioritized at any point over Jalen Green. Um, but I don't think they're going to cut him or trade him or do anything like that. So I think, despite the frustrations with, with Porter... I do think he's a hold. If you want to drop him though, go go right ahead. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The frustrations of not only this bullshit, but his on court play are mounting. He's not that good. I know, it's simple as that. I know all of his relatives out there listening, you're gonna be upset, but have a talk to your, uh, to your 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 blood relative here, cousin Kev, and tell him to pull his head in and to actually shoot better and play better. That'd be great. Actually, don't, because I know some people will go out there and then use that as an excuse to go and post on his Instagram. Do not ever tag players in Twitter posts or comment on the Instagram posts telling them how shit they were and they need to be better than they're killing your fantasy team. That is, if I ever see that on anything that I do, that's an automatic block for that person. Like there's no way. I think I think it's garbage behavior. Anyway. That's that one done. I don't know what the Rockets do. They're a mess. They need to do something. I think Wood is gone at some point this year. I think he has to go. Porter, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, you'd, I'd need to be more in the building to know what the the ideas are and what they think, but I would not be prioritizing Kevin Porter if I was the Houston Rockets. Not that they have great point guard prospects because they don't, but they should not be prioritizing him. All right. some other news. Kyle Anderson now in the COVID protocols. He was the guy that you know, stepped up with Melton and Brooks and Conchar out, and now he's gone. So there's a huge gap in the starting line for the Grizzlies. They've got a five-game week. Brandon Clark gets a boost because Anderson doesn't play at the four anymore. Killian Tilly for Deeper league gets a boost. I think they might start Tyus Jones. Could they start Jarrett Culver? Man, Jesus. It's possible. I don't know who the hell their wings are. Their other wings on this team are blokes that I legitimately you have not heard of. Some of them you may have. There's Eve Pons. There's Xavier S. Need. There's Daquan Jeffries. They're, they're the other wings on this team. Isaiah Williams is out. So do they start with Pons? Do they start with with Jarrett Culver? Tyus Jones? Daquan? I don't know what they do. It's a big, big gap there. Bob Covington and Anthony Simons are back for the Blazers. Nurkic has been upgraded to Doubtful, but uh, Damian Lillard is out. And CJ McCollum does not have a timetable to return. So I think we can at least rule... Um, I think we can at least rule McCullum out for this week. With those guys returning, the value of Ben McLemore, Nassie Little, Larry Nance is going to take a bit of a hit. Kyrie, I think, is in line to return this week on Wednesday. Only one game this week. That's the only road game they play against the Pacers. But I think he plays on Wednesday. He might not, but there is an opportunity for him to play on Wednesday. And then the Pistons, I've spoken about this ad nauseum with, you know, in waiver wire shows and what to watch for, saying a whole bunch of guys could return. Well, guess what? A whole bunch of guys are returning, led by the sly hog himself, Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. Um, Cunningham is going to be back. You're going to have Killian Hayes returning. You're going to have Saban Lee, Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson, Scooter Magruder returning. So 40 minutes from Luca Garza is a thing of the past with Trey Lyles coming back. Isaiah Stewart's still out. Um, you have 50 shots for Sadiq Bey and Hamadou Diallo is a thing of the past with Hayes and Cunningham and Saban and Jackson and Lyles all coming back. So just be aware that we probably did see peak Hamadou Diallo. We saw peak Luka Garza. We probably saw peak Sadiq Bey. And that is going to drop off from here with all those players returning for Detroit um, at the end of their COVID isolations. But Now, I'm not isolated from Bilt Bar because I I couldn't be. How would I survive without Bilt Bar? Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that, I know that. Everyone knows it. If they don't know it, they should know it because Bilt Bar, it's a delicious treat that's healthy for you. High in protein, but unlike those other just ridiculous candy bars who have 240 calories, imagine seeing 240 calories on a wrapper. You'd look at that and you would laugh. You would scoff. You would say, 240 calories, my God. 130 is all Built Bar has. And then you would go and smash a couple straight into your gob. Bilt Bar is high in protein, not high in calories, high in protein, low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, low in fat. And the flavors, oh my God, they're amazing. Cookies and cream and coconut and mint brownie and orange and chocolate, whatever flavor you want, Built Bar has it. I saw a lemon cheesecake flavor reappear on the website today, and I want to get some of those right into my cake holes. So get yourself some built bars. Go to built.com and use the code LOCK15. That's L O C K E D 1 5 to get built bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built bar is of course built different. All right. First game. New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. Um I talked about this I think on the live show, but I'm going to do it again now. When Tom Thibodeau was hired by the New York Knicks, I was like, "All right, I hate the hire." that will give them an absolute improvement over whatever the spud was that David Fisdale is like terrible coach, they will improve and they will improve in the short term. And they will delude themselves into thinking they're a good team, despite not having any elite prospects on this squad. And Julius Randle somehow became an all NBA player. He was an all NBA player. He should not have been, but that's not to say that he didn't improve a lot. All right? And they went all in, they got this short term fix with Tom Thibodeau. And I said at the time it, Last two, three years, maybe, probably three years before it all falls apart and the players go, I'm not listening to King Comer over here anymore. I'm done with this bullshit. Is it done already? I know the Knicks were without Randall, Robinson, Walker, Noel, Rose. I know all that. They were out. I know that. They've still been really bad all year. And this was, again, a terrible performance. They're not going to fire Tom Thibodeau. But this is what happens when you hire Tom Thibodeau you get a slight bump, you suck in the playoffs. You develop, nothing, and then you fall away really quickly. This is what happens. No Julius Randle, so Obi Toppin played 45 minutes. You can rest the bloke. You can sit him down. 19-6-6, six six, one steal and two blocks. This is why he was the ad when Randall was out. And you keep holding him until Randall comes back. And then he goes and plays 12 minutes and you kick his ass right to the curb. Kemba Walker out with a sore knee. I, I don't exactly know what to do with that. I think, I think he's a drop. Hello. And but it's just gonna be a mess with him and Juice McBride and Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel Quickly and Yvonne Fournier and Alec Burks. It's all just a mess. Alec Burke. Like, Burks had five steals. That makes his line look really sexy, overall value, through the roof, 37 fantasy points. Oh, great, Alec Burks. Like, do we add him? No, I don't think so. I think you can stream him in, but there's just too much bullshit going on there. Like, Fournier had 20 points and then Tony Snelled the rest of his line. Zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Like, he's still all over the shop. Rowan Barrett continues to be, you know, shithouse. 19 points, it always looks good. Keldon Johnson style, at the start of a box score for Barrett. Good points. Four rebounds, three assists, bad field goal, bad free throw. At least he's improved now to be the 332nd ranked player over the last two weeks and 229th for the season. Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Taj Gibson started. He had 5 and 7 in 30 minutes. Yeah, look, he's fine as a solid streamer while Robinson and Noel are out, while quickly continues to frustrate. Nine points in 28 minutes. I don't think he's a must-roster guy. It's just too all over the place. He could be, but he isn't. Stream him in, keep him for like 14, maybe 16 team leagues. Uh, McBride was bad, two points in 15 minutes, and Grimes had 13 in 22. The team's a mess. Um, Yeah, they're a mess. On to the Raptors, who did go through a similar thing to the Knicks and have a bunch of guys out with COVID. They're all back. So they went to the small lineup again, starting Pascal Siakam at center, alongside Van Vliet, Ananobi, Scotland Barnes, and Gary Trent. And before you look at this and say, well, I've got to drop Gary Trent because he played under 20 minutes, he fouled out. He had five points on 29% shooting. Uh, this is not a victory lap for me at all, because I, I have been telling you that I don't believe in Gary Trent all season, and I relented and said, okay, maybe this shit is real. But I also said I wouldn't be surprised if he drops way off. And over the last four games, he's the 330th ranked player, despite playing 30 minutes a night. If somebody is going to move out of the starting lineup because they want to get more centers in there, it is going to be Trent. But I'm not basing that off this game. This is foul trouble. So hold him. Don't be surprised if he becomes the 180th ranked player from here on out because the shooting and the gigantic steal numbers fail to continue. With Trent in foul trouble, they played the centers more. The big tree, Ken Birch, played 19 minutes for six points. The big sneeze, Precious Zuchua, played 18 minutes for two points. And the wiki, Chris Boucher, had 12 and 4 in 21 minutes with two steals and two blocks. So the sell-high window for Boucher is very much open. It is still open. He will not be, I don't think, a must-roster 12-team league guy. He played 21 minutes a night, and that's with Trent playing only 20 minutes. Somebody misses out. Is it Birch? Is it Achua? Is it um, Boucher? Like, how do they work all these rotations? A lot of questions. Van Vliet was awesome. 35-5-5 five, five in seven minutes and played only 31 minutes. Siakam had 20-14 with seven assists. Really absolutely rolling at the moment. That's 47 fantasy points. Well, the Jedi, OG Ananobi... But what about O G. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Yeah, rough shooting from him, but the three steals is okay. 14 points in 30 minutes. A bit of a buy low, I think, for him. While Scotland Barnes, yeah, not great. 13 points in 30 minutes. A steal on the block is good. Um, I have always been worried, and this is why he was on my Sal High show, despite the much to the chagrin of all of the Scott Barnes, Danish backhanders out there, is that when these players came back, how would he fit in? How would the usage look? How would all of that look? First game back, the answer is not great, Bob. Not ba- I'm not going to base what I think of Barnes moving forward off that, but it's not ideal. So I really want to be watching what Barnes' usage and minutes look like uh, over the next few games for the Raptors, but not an encouraging first game back with a fully healthy roster. Let's go on. There was a lot on that game. I feel like I had a lot to say. On to the next game, the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs win at 108-104. The Pacers, so many blokes in protocols. Brogdon, Lavert, Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Bedadze, Keelan Martin, Jeremy Lamb, all in COVID protocols. So they started a backcourt that included Kiefer Sykes. Yep. And Dwayne Washington. Yep. That was their backcourt. Alongside Justin Holiday, DeMunta Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Let's talk about those two random blokes. 20 points for Dwayne. Good work. Four triples. He's going to have another crack at that next game as well. Against the Nets, I think the next game is. Uh, Actually, they might have another one before that. Good, good game. Stream value there for him. Kiefer Sykes, 10, 3, and 5. For a point guard off the wire, you need assists. It can be hard to find that. There's some value there for Sykesy. O'Shea Brissett, again, so many people believe in him. I do not. I do not think that he is a long-term good prospect. It's a matter of opinion but he played 16 minutes for six points, while Sabonis had 32, 13, and 17, and Turner had 12 and 10, two steals, two threes, and three blocks. Good game from Jazza Holiday as well. All threes, 18 points with six triples, three assists a steal and a block, and I think with everyone out, Holiday is a solid 12-team league ad. For the Cavs, still waiting on Darius Garland and the Discman, C.D. Arsman, um, waiting for the Rajon Rondo trade to come through. Hasn't come through yet. And then they lost Isaac Okoro in this game um, to an elbow injury. Okoro... I feel pretty comfortable in saying he's not a 12-team league guy. I He will have a stretch where he is, but long-term, nope. Get that garbage out of here! Evan Mobley had 24-9. Jarrett Allen, 18-11 with one steal and three blocks, while Markkinen had 12-6-2. When Garland and Osman come back, Jack Armstrong has got his foot right just an inch away from Markkinen's butthole, and he's about to boot him right at the ass, Real close to it. Here. Jack, settle down. Settle down. Don't be preemptive. Yeah, but Lowry's going to be a drop soon. They started the panger, Kevin Pangos. He had 7-3 and 4. He will not continue to start, quite obviously, because Garland and Rondo will uh, arrive. Does If Okoro misses time, does this mean that Rondo is going to get more playing time? I cannot think a team that wants to be a winner and is a top seed in the playoff will say, our, our plan is to play Rick, uh, Ricky Rubio. No, Rajon Rondo. 25 minutes a night. The dude is shithouse. Almost said something really rude. He's really shithouse. Um, but yeah, their options are limited, so maybe they have to. They did play Lamar Stevens 31 minutes. He had 15 points. Keep an eye on Lamar for some deeper formats. Um, but man, if they have to play Rondo those big minutes, it's am I grabbing Rondo? No, 16 teamers maybe. Brandon Goodwin started the second half. He had seven, three, and five. I've seen flashes from Goodwin that make me think maybe he can be on an NBA roster. Well, let's just not ignore it. Kevin Love continues to be unbelievable. 29 minutes, 20 and eight, three threes, four assists. This is like Minnesota Kevin Love. I did not think this dude had it in him to be this good. It is phenomenal. I I don't know how it happens, and it keeps happening. Dean Wade, I think he's going to be on his way out of the rotation here. Pretty soon would be my guess. Let's go on to the next game. Third run of the day. The Orlando Magic. They had this one over the Celtics. The Celtics looked shit out. Ended up getting to overtime and the Celtics winning 116-111. Terence Ross was back. He had 33 and 35 minutes with four threes and three steals. It will not last long-term for Rossi, but he is a 12-team league guy for now. And Gary Harris, speaking of, will not last. Nice, Gary! 23 points, four steals. He is playing like peak... Denver Nuggets, Gary Harris before the injuries uh, took hold. Um, Really, really good stuff from him. 12-team league guy. Some other good stuff. Wendell Carter Jr., 15 and 16 with seven assists. He is showing why I liked him so much in Chicago. Good stuff from him there. While Muhammad Bumba returned, only played 18 minutes. I've got to think conditioning's an issue after having been out for three weeks. Six and seven. This bloke just cops COVID harder than anybody. He was out months the first time. And now like multiple weeks when most people are back pretty quickly. Um, Not good night from Franz Wagner. 14 points on 14 shots. He has been really good, and he will remain a 12-team league guy, but the Salho window is probably closing over here. And it's really disappointing to me from a player perspective and a coaching perspective that in a situation where Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Jalen Suggs, Chumra Kiki, Mark Elfolds, Robin Lopez are all out, that Roderick Hampton plays 12 minutes only, and Tim Frazier, Tim Frazier plays 39 minutes. Frazier was okay, 14, 5, and 3. But Tim Frazier, you're not winning anything, Orlando. Why? Hampton have been playing 30 a night. Oh, by the way, drop Roderick Hampton. Why are we playing him 12 minutes? So Tim Frazier can play 39. You know what? If you play Hampton 35 minutes as a starting point guard to see how he handles it, and you lose, who gives a shit? Like, Who cares? Are the fans going to go, ah, oh, kids, cover your ears. Fucking lost the game. Fucking why did you play Hampton? Look, no one's going to say that. I want more Tim Frazier. No one is saying that. Not one person is saying it. So why are we playing Hampton 12 minutes and Fraser 39? Been pretty much a fan of Mosley this year. That's a shit house move. Sani um, Gravit had two points in 16 minutes for those who care. Onto the Celtics. They were without Tatum, The Rock DJ Rob Williams, Romeo Langford. So, Jalen Brown scored 50. Shoo, 46 minutes for Brownie, no cap. That's the wrong usage of that, but I don't care. Five is 11 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. 66% shooting, 88 from the line. 71 fantasy points, a gigantic game from Jalen. Sell high if you can. If you can't, just write it out. Marcus Smart, 44 minutes as well. 17-7-7 seven and seven with one steal and two blocks. Shot horribly, which is the mark of smart experience. But everything else was good. And I was very surprised to see in his first game back, Dennis Schroeder play 40 minutes. 21-3-7, and seven, especially considering before he got COVID, he played like 20 minutes a night, 23 minutes a night. And Peyton Pritchard, who'd been playing well, played 13 minutes. Sometimes coaches do things and I have no understanding of why they're doing them. It doesn't make any sense with the trends that we've seen, with the encore play that we've seen. Did it work here? They got a win over a Magic team that they should have lost to yeah. with how shit they played. Is that a win? I don't even know if it's a win. I don't think it is. Maybe it is. It's like a loss that's a win. Well, sorry, it's a win that's a loss. I don't know. His minutes, I'm not really sure how to pass them. I'm not sure he's going to be a 12-team league player, though. Joshie Richardson, another solid minute night, but again, more of a 14-team league guy. Nine points with four assists. And Grant Williams started in place of Rob Williams. He had five and six with two steals. Grant is just like a 14-team league guy who I erroneously called Grant because I was trying to be posh. Uh, Grant. Grant Williams. And then, yeah, said so the 13 minutes for Pritchard. Yeah, uh, see you later, Peyton. If you're playing 13 minutes tonight, you can get all the way out of here. Let's go to the next game. The Miami Heat lose to the Sacramento Kings. Disappointing stuff for the Heat. Disappointing stuff for me who thought that the Heat would cover. They did not. 115-113. Omey 7 continues to be must-rost. A lot of questions. Hey, Josh, can Y7 maintain value when players come back? Absolutely not. Can Y7 be the backup center to Bam Adebayo ahead of Dwayne Dedman? Of course, 100% yes, he can and probably should be. 22-16. and 16. That does not mean that he maintains 12-team value. It means he maintains 16-team value with a real sniff of maybe sniffing the old butthole of a 14-team league. Like, that's about as close as he gets. <laughs> Just real close in there. Not be a 12-team league player. Lowry had 14, 5, and 12. While Caleb Martin, with the absence of Duncan Robinson, the Winter Soldier, and Gabe Vincent, he played 33. He had 15 and 6 with two steals. 12-team league option. While Kyle Guy couldn't continue the insane shooting. What a shock that is. 7, 2, and 5 for Guy. Cool. Um, Hayward Highsmith and Nick Stauskas played minutes. So there you go. Well, Jim Butler had 21, 6, and 5. And Hero had 22 points with 5 rebounds and 2 assists. Have a hero. Yes. All right, on to the Kings. No Rashawn Holmes. So, as expected, they started Damian Jones. And sort of as expected, he played well. 18-10, bad from the line, but 70 from the field. He's a must-roster 12-team league player All Holmes is out. It's not Chemezi Metu, who has not played really any center at all this year. He's a 12-team drop, 6-4 and in and 15 minutes. It's not Marvin Bagley. He's not a very good player. Six and five in 20 minutes. He's not a 12-team league guy either. He's a streamer. That's it. It's Damian Jones. Alex Len got the backup minutes over Tristan Thompson. Good game from Bud Hill. 26 points with seven triples. He is wildly inconsistent. Probably is still a soft hole. But in a 10 teamer, he can do better. And then, De'Aaron Fox stepped up. with two steals. I'm most impressed by him going 14-15 from the line. Still rough from the field, and no threes is an issue. But he has a big game, so that meant that Tyrese Halliburton dropped off. 35 minutes, 9 points, 12 assists. The Halliburton sell-high window is closed. You should have tried to sell for a top-20 player. And if you couldn't, you wrote it out, and you went, oh, that was great. I saw, I love what I saw. And then maybe if Fox gets traded, the value will will, uh, spike back up. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnes Barnesy. Since the foot injury, he's been bad. 10 points, two threes, one steal, two blocks. The numbers of a top 25 player that he had for the first three to four weeks had no chance of sustaining. I also think this piss-poor level of play has no chance of sustaining. He is still a hold for me, but he's not that bloke that we saw to begin the season. Just he He just isn't that bloke at all. I think that's all pretty clear. All right, the next game. This one, the Suns were somehow favored by two and a half points over the Hornets. They win by 34 on the road, 133-99. Landry Shamit went bananas in like a two-minute stretch in I think, the third or fourth quarter. 17 points with four steals and five threes, 67% shooting. I do not care in the slightest Mike Tomlin voice. Jalen Smith with Ayton and McGee out, 19 and 12 with two blocks, 24 minutes. But again, there's the key part of that is the first bit of that sentence, Ayton and McGee out. Smith has been playing well. Smith is also the first top 10 pick to have his third-year option declined since Joe Alexander over 12 years ago. Because he's been terrible for two years. And the Suns admitted they made a mistake drafting him there. But good numbers from him. Good play from him. Could he maybe take the backup center spot away from McGee? Maybe. But McGee has been excellent all season. So this is a great opportunity to have Jalen Smith. And as soon as I hear DeAndre Ayton is ready to return... Jalen Smith gets dropped to the wire. I do not see how he can maintain 12. I could be wrong on this. I, don't, I just Will they play him next to Aiton at the expense of Johnson and Crowder? I don't think so. Because remember, Crowder and Aiton will probably return at the same time. So can Smith get anything more than like 16 minutes? And is that enough for you to give any sort of shit about in 12-team leagues? The answer to that is probably no. Booker had 24-7-3, while Paul had only 7 points. Took just six shots, weirdly, but had 16 assists. While Biombo, Bismarck Biombo plays for Phoenix. 18 minutes, 11 and 6, a steal and a block. Absolutely fantastic filling minutes for Biombo against his former team, I guess. The only reason he played well is because it's a revenge game. Um, but again, he won't have a role as we move forward. Cam Johnson will not be a 12-team league player moving forward. 14 points in 30 minutes, while Bridges, 15 and 5 with 3 threes, continues to struggle. I continue to maintain his a hold, but it's been bad for a while now. For the Hornets. You don't read anything into this. They just benched everybody because they were getting killed. So we got 25 minutes of Rogier, 22 of Gordon Hayward, 23 of Lamelo Ball, 26 of Miles Bridges who returned. We got 25 minutes of Ish Smith. Like I read nothing into any of these lines. In fact, I'm probably not even going to read through most of them. You know, Kelly Oubre played only 21. I don't think he's a long-term 12-team league guy. Cody Martin, I don't think he is. And we can drop Jalen McDaniels, who had uh, seven points in 20 minutes. They just got killed. Uh, Mason Plumlee also probably dropped two points in 18 minutes, and P.J. Washington is probably going to return next game, which makes Plumlee a streamer or a deeper league player. But they were killed basically from the beginning. The minutes are all over the shop. Reading into any of this stuff, I think, is pretty foolish. And, yeah, I don't don't think there's anything major we need to take away from, uh, from that game from a Hornets perspective, apart from the fact that they got their ass kicked. The Dallas Mavericks and the Oklahoma City Thunder Let's talk about the Mavericks winning 95-86. Doncic was back. Not great. 14-9 and 10 on 43%. Didn't get to the line at all. Subpar for sure. And that's how he's been most of the year, outside the top 20 in the season for fantasy leagues. Maxi Kleber started for Porzingis, who will return tomorrow, nine points with three threes, while Brunson maintained the starting job over both Hardaway and Bullock. 12-1-7 12-1-7 in 29 minutes. It's not spectacularly good, but he is a hold. I don't think that Hardaway is a 12-team must. He can be rostered, but he ended up with 15 points with two threes, and he's just too up and down for me. While Dorian Finney-Smith had 10-6 and six in 30 minutes, if you have him, I would still hold him despite the drop in production here. With those players returning, Josh Green played 17 minutes, and he literally might go out of the rotation next time out. But let's talk a little bit about Marquise Chris, So I thought was good, and I thought he's been good in multiple games this year. Fifteen and seven in fourteen minutes. But where's the role for him? I think this likely came because Porzingis was out, but Porzingis will return. Will he call he Stein? Maybe he returns, I don't know. But even if he doesn't, Porzingis, Kleber, Powell up in the front court, Finney Smith. Like I don't know if there's any enough minutes for Chris to have an impact. And he still needs to get signed to a regular contract, and that would require the cutting of Moses Brown, which I'm totally behind just good to see Marquez Cruz producing it and playing um, really, really strong basketball. But I'm not sure the value can be there long-term. Unless we hear he gets signed, and then we'll see what happens. For the Thunder, Josh Giddy becomes the youngest man in NBA history to notch a triple-double. 17, 13, and 14 with four steals. 63 fantasy points. I cannot stress enough that he's a must roster player. In fact, I've stressed it every single kid's fucking week for the year. There are going to be ups and downs in his shooting. And this is because Shea and Dort out. Undoubtedly, that boosted his value. But I don't care. He's a must-roster player. Uh, Aaron Wiggins had 10 points in 37 minutes. Eh, he's like okay for 14s at this point. I don't think he's going to be a 12-team league guy in the, in the short term. While they were without Gildas Alexander and Dort, but also Baisley, Robinson, Earl, Watson, uh, and Trey Mann. Uh, not Paul Watson. He was there. He was just too bad to play. They started Alexey Pokyusevsky, who he's just going backwards, man. I don't know what's going on with this bloke. He, he's just not good at this stage. He's still really young. But a triple one with nine points, and Ty Jerome had twelve points in a start for Shea in twenty minutes, a uh, thirty minutes. Sorry, he could be a streamer, but it's more just for deeper leagues. Low minutes for the Oklahoma City Mudflap. Nine points for uh, Kendrick Williams in nineteen minutes, and Isaiah Roby had twelve and four. Roby is starting to play better, but it's only just a watch at this point. Not a uh, not any sort of must situation, but great for the Thunder. To get Josh Giddey break that record but you know it's always going to be hard for them to get the win with those absences um yeah, you know, Shea and Dort um, being out but you're really encouraging stuff from Josh Giddey carrying this team uh with all those uh, absences so let's do the last game of the night now the Minnesota Timberwolves go into LA they make it a battle for a bit but end up going down to the Lakers, 103-108 is the final score. No Russell or no Towns for Minnesota. They started Nas Reed, and this time they actually played him good minutes. 30 minutes, 23 and 11. This is the Reed that we hoped for. Unfortunately, when he came back from COVID, he played like 15 and 17 minutes. Towns is out again tomorrow, as is Russell. So Reed's a good streamer for that. Pat Beverly remains must roster. I've been saying it for weeks. He had 12, 8 and 6, two steals, two threes, and a block. Must roster player. Must roster. Jared Van Der Biltbar is also must roster. Only three points, but 12 rebounds and two steals. While Goose, Anthony Edwards, he returned to action. 18-7-4. Pretty subpar, to be fair. No threes, really bad percentages, but he'll be okay. I think you can drop Jaden McDaniels. He had seven and eight in 22 minutes, while Malik Beasley had 16 on 18 shots and nothing else. He will have a game of elevated minutes again with Russell out tomorrow. But after that, his value drops. And he was actually outplayed in this one by Jalen Noel, who had 17 points in 22 minutes. Noel played really well, shot really well. He's an interesting prospect, an interesting player, but I don't really see the long-term or, or, sorry, the short-term fantasy value for him. For the Lakers, it was, of course, LeBron James. A fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. Not at quite his best, but 39 minutes, 26-7-5, and five, three steals and a block. Subpar percentages, only marginally subpar, but subpar nonetheless. Started at center, while Malik Monk had 22 points. He also blocked two shots, which is a fluke with a steal. He is a 12-team league guy. Also, a really strong game from Avery Bradley, who had 14 and four with four steals. He still is not even a top one. Uh, sorry, not even a top 275 player this season. So we're not adding him anywhere. But this was a good game. Um, while uh, Russell Westbrook had 20 points, he also had 10 turnovers. Ended with five assists, three rebounds, a steal, and a block, and continues to really struggle with some bad shooting and bad decision-making, as per usual. At this point, I just think he's a bad player who racks up stats. I think that's what he is. Horton Tucker is also a drop. Uh, six points, five rebounds in 23 minutes. And I want to just use this as a, a, an area to make a point. I had someone, I don't know who it was, apologies, ask me a question. Hey, should I just stash Taylor Horton Tucker because of the Jeremy Grant to the Lakers trade rumors, and then Tucker goes to the Pistons, and he'll have big numbers? Like, if you're making fantasy moves based on fake trades that are um, Lakers jerk-off fantasies, I think you're going to have a bad time. Like, these are not trades that are real in the slightest. And if you're constantly, especially with blokes going in and out of protocols and injured all the time, if you're making stashes based on, based on fake trades that have a 0.05% chance of happening, it is going to cost you your fantasy league. This is not specific to stashing Taylor and Horton Tucker, but if you're just making up based on something that a fan commented on a Bleacher Report article, it will not work out well for you. You might hit once and then you'll try it for the next hundred times and it never will happen. Austin Reeves played 22 minutes for two points. While Stan Johnson continues to start, surely he gets a full-time contract out of this. That doesn't mean you want anything to do with him for fantasy, but he had one point. Shout out Tony Snell with three steals in those 20 minutes. Um, Allington and Dwight Howard remain out of the rotation. Trevor Ariza barely played with Stanley Johnson getting that playing time here in this one. Let's go to the um, lines of the night. That's what time it is. Your monstrous is... Jalen Brown, no surprise there, he had 50 points. Your waiver wire is Terrence Ross, who's really op- looking like a good 12-team option. Young Gunn is the record-breaking Josh Giddy, and your dud of the night is I tell a man's not hot. Mason Plumley. Let's look at the top 10 players for category leagues today. At number one, of course, was Jalen Brown, followed by Sabonis, Van Vliet, Giddy, Ross, James, Toppen, Smart, Fox, and Heald. And your top 10 blokes rostered in under 50% of leagues. Ross, 12-team ad. Toppen, short-term 12-team ad. Holiday, Justin, 12-team ad. Landry Shamet, absolutely no way. Avery Bradley, 18-team leagues. Uh, Ishmith, not a chance. Kayla Martin, 12-teams, yes. Campaign, 14-teams, yes. Jalen Noel, loved it, but I'm not sure the long-term value is there. And Naz Reid, elite for tomorrow, and that's probably going to be about it. And then your top 10 in your old points leagues. One was Jalen Brown, then Giddy Sabonis, James, Van Bleet, Carter, Siakam, Ross, Allen, and De'Aaron Fox. That will do it for today's show, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comment down below. Hit the notification bell and just share it. Subscribe, tell your friends, all of that shit. All that stuff's really helpful. And it's great if you can do it. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.